there's probably not a day goes past that you haven't come across somebody running some kind of live event or live stream on a social media platform that you're on. Just about every major social media platform now gives you that opportunity. So it may have crossed your mind, well, how can I use live streaming to build my business and showcase my personal brand? And then, you know, the seeds of doubt start to come into your mind and you start to think, well, who's going to listen to me anyway? You can't grow an audience until you start. (laughs) (laughs) That's my guest this week, Shelley Carney. She's a YouTube live podcast and blogging host and coach and has a wealth of experience in video, television and film projects over a number of years. We had a fascinating conversation around when you should start to think about live streaming. And I was always of the thought that you've done the video, you've done all the other media ways of creating content. But in fact, Shelley turns that on its head and suggests that actually live stream could be the first piece that you do. And then everything else cascades from that. So we're creating a social media storm of content every week by just doing a live stream video. As you can see, Shelley has some great ideas around how you can leverage live streaming to build your business and your personal brand. And we go into more detail around her suggestions and insights into what you can be doing uh, and even get into some of the technical areas around the kind of equipment that you need. All that after the break. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. If you're looking for the REI branded podcast, you are actually in the right place. We recently renamed it, but the content is the same, helping you to build your brand and business, reach more people, and stand out from the competition. My name is Paul Kopkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are, because marketing has how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Kelly, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Live streaming or live casting probably a good place to kick off is what is it and mm-hmm. and what would be the benefit for somebody to be doing live streaming or, or live casting? Oh, it's, that's my favorite topic. So I call it a live cast because it's a combination of two different words, live stream and podcast. We don't like to spend a lot of time in editing. We've done that all our lives, my partner and Toby and I. So what we do is we start off with a live stream video and then we take the audio and create a podcast. So we have not only a video on YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn and wherever else we choose to put that video, we have already live streamed that out. But now we add that additional piece of the podcast, which then can be stretched across Spotify and Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. It's out there. Anybody can find us. And we also incorporate the written word. So we'll take the audio, turn that into a transcript, edit that into a blog, and then I put the blog up on WordPress. And then, of course, I take pieces of that blog and send it out as uh, social media posts, incorporated into my LinkedIn newsletter. I add it into uh, my email blast that we send out weekly. So uh, we're creating a social media storm of content every week 
by just doing a live stream video. And uh, it's really effective because it goes out to so many places at once. And then it continues as, you know, the ripple effects continue to spread out so that people can find you, whether they enjoy reading blogs, they can still find you, whether they enjoy listening to podcasts, they'll find you. And, you know, they may say, oh, look, here's a really great blog post, but I would love to watch them do the demonstration of this piece of software because I'm really interested in that. Then they'll head on over to the YouTube channel to check it out. They'll subscribe. Then they'll start getting into the whole experience of being within our world. And they they connect with us. And then when they show up live, they can have that conversation. They can type into the chat their questions, their comments. They can talk to each other in the chat room. And they have that opportunity to add to the conversation. They can affect our live show by showing up, by commenting, by being there and uh, having that conversation with us. And then they build that relationship, right? They have that, that trust relationship starts to build. Now I have seen you. Now I get to know you. Now I start to trust you because you're answering my questions. You're giving me advice and help that I can really use. So that live cast lifestyle has really become a way of creating content in the easiest, quickest way possible to connect with that audience. And you've just answered a question that was in the back of my head, you know, why live? So rather than doing a recorded Zoom like we're doing for this podcast, mm-hmm. you're suggesting we the best thing is go live mm-hmm. because there could be people joining us and that would mm-hmm. add extra to the to the conversation that we're having. That's right. It gives you that live theater feeling, right? Anything can happen. And they show up to see that anything can happen. And sometimes it does. Sometimes the doorbell will ring in the middle of the show. Sometimes the phone goes off. You know, things happen. And the audience loves it. They forgive it all because they're like, oh, this is live. This is awesome. This person, you know, I can have an effect on this show. It's it's something that I can participate in. Hmm. How do you handle, because I can imagine... I'm thinking back to, I've had the opportunity to be on a few TV shows, uh, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of uh, news shows or, or interviews. And those are incredibly stressful <laughs> situations, particularly if it's live. What do you do if you're running a live stream, live cast for the guest? How do you get the guest to feel comfortable being in a live environment? Because unlike this, if if something happens and we think, oh, well, we can always edit that out, but with live stream, there's no editing. So, which I can see the benefit because it's it's a time consuming thing. But mm-hmm. there's there's that fear from the guest is it's live. Mm-hmm. Well, most of the people who we interview have spoken on stages or taught in a full of you know a room full of people. So it's not that different from that. Although some people do still have that camera shyness, you know, that they they get a little worried about it. So what we try to do is if we're doing an interview with somebody, we'll have them come a few minutes early, 10 minutes early, just talk them through things, have them uh, do something like check their tech and, you know, and then we just kind of relax into it and then have a little fun with it. And we let them know, you know, if this is 
this is going to be fun and it's not going to be perfect. But you know what? People like that it's not perfect. They like to see that authenticity, that real human touch. So they enjoy that so much that be that, be yourself, have fun with it, you know, and then they do kind of relax into it, I think a little bit more. And then once you've done it enough times and things have gone wrong and you're like, that's, that wasn't the end of the world. I didn't die. (laughs) It was okay. Then you realize, you know, this is, this is going to be fun and, and it's easy and let's just do it. And is this the kind of counter to the overproduced Mm -hmm. types that, you know, I mean, we're, we're never going to be NBC or CBC here in Canada. We're never going to produce something to that level. So why should we even strive to that? And then is that really what people want to see anyway? As you say, there's that more personal connection because it's so authentic and it's so live and real. Well, and nowadays it's so easy to look really good. You can set up a green pop-up green screen. And in our studio uh, at my partner's house, we have a bedroom, his third bedroom that he didn't wasn't using anyway. We painted the wall behind us green. So that's our green screen. It's a green wall. We flip on our lights and our camera and and we're ready to go. And it looks like we're in an amazing place or in a studio or whatever we want it to look like. And nowadays, because of COVID and everything else and people doing interviews from home on Zoom or other products like that, everybody has upgraded their internet. Everybody's upgraded their lighting and uh, the room where they're in if they're going to be doing those interviews. So there isn't that much more to do to make it look amazing. And we could add uh, little intros and outros and, and just really jazz it up so that it does look really professional when people show up. And you shouldn't let that intimidate you because it isn't that difficult. And you can add a little bit at a time. What would you recommend as kind of a minimal level of technology? What are the kind of things mm-hmm. you would say to people? Okay, this is, if you're going to be thinking about doing live stream, live casting, you should have this, this, and this. Absolutely. We do this for people all the time. And we have we have done shows on this many, many times. And what we need to do, number one, is look at your internet speed. Got to have high quality, high speed internet. So check that first. And then secondly, we recommend a desktop setup that is in place somewhere quiet in your home. So I recommend a bedroom if you have an extra bedroom so that you have a door to keep out the noise, the kids, the dogs, the, the gardeners, whatever it is. Try to keep it in a quiet part of, part of the house. Have a desk set up with the desktop, two screens, one for your, uh, so you can watch yourself and what you're doing, and the other one for your slides or whatever notes you have on the other screen really important. Uh, I I recommend it to anybody who's going to get set up. Lighting, super important. So what we do is we have CFL lamps uh, or, or light bulbs up on the wall at a 45 degree angle from where I'm sitting. And that gives you a nice, even flat lighting. And it will also help to light up if you have a pop-up green screen, which I do at my house. We at our studio light our back wall separately. Uh, That's kind of a green screen advanced technology. But I recommend a desktop computer because uh, then you can tap into the ethernet. It's Mm -hmm. usually a better, faster machine at a lower cost than a laptop would be. So that's what I recommend to get started. If you don't have all of that, if all you have is a cell phone and you're doing it that way, that's a great way to start. 
because the most important thing is to start. You can't grow an audience until you start. (laughs) (laughs) I like that quote. That's excellent. What about the level of camera? Are you Mm -hmm. relying, you mentioned the phone, but if you were were to go beyond the phone, what would you reckon? Are you a real estate investor or related business professional owner looking to build your personal brand and business and stand out from the crowd? The first step is to understand where you stand right now. You can do that with the Business Optimizer Assessment. It's something that we've created that's already helped real estate investors and other business owners to define and develop their personal brands and grow their revenues. Take the free assessment and complimentary report and follow-up strategy call by going to paulcopcut.com forward slash B-O-A. That's paulcopcut, C-O-P-C-U-T-T.com forward slash B-O-A. I would recommend the Logitech C920 or C922. They are about $60 to $80. Don't do anything that's not Logitech because we've tried other brands, off brands, cheaper brands. They do not work well. They are not plug and play. They're not user friendly. Use Logitech. Uh, That's one of the only things that we say brand name on is the Logitech webcam and it's so easy to use and it gives you such a great picture. Now, a lot of people think, oh, I want a DSLR because that's going to give me a a higher quality and I get that bouquet and everything. You're not going to be satisfied because it's HD and you're going to see every crease and crevice in your face (laughs) and and it's not as pretty as a Logitech webcam. So, that's my recommendation. Okay. So the Logitech's more forgiving. That's good to know. Absolutely. Okay. And it's plug and, and play. So it's, it's so much simpler. Now you have a headset today with a, an attached mic. Is, mm-hmm. is that what you recommend? or is... I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now what we say to start off with, if you don't have a lot of cash, is the uh, One Audio A71, which I have here. And uh, it's very versatile. You can uh, use it with the headphone or without, but we recommend having a headphone on your headset because with a mic, you can't move your head around and talk to your neighbor or, uh, you know, go look at your notes and the mic doesn't follow you if it's not on your headset. So your, your audio changes, right? I'm sure you've experienced that as a podcaster, that if you move your head too far in one direction, your audio changes. So we recommend the headset with the mic attached. Uh, for That's one reason. The second reason is Toby and I do shows together. So if we each had a mic, we get cross uh, cross audio, right? He pick, gets picked up in my mic. I get picked up in his, him more than me because his voice is louder, right? And then he kind of drowns me out because I have a quieter, more uh, feminine tone and he's got the heavier, more bass tone to his voice. So it kind of mixes back and forth. So we wear the Audio-Technica headset, which is made for sports broadcasters. So that keeps us uh, from cross speaking when we're in the same room together. And that's why we use that. And it's it's a high quality mic. Uh, so it gives us a lot of good tonality. And do you use YouTube for the live streaming or? Uh, what we do is we use StreamYard, which is a uh, multi-streaming application. And we stream to YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at the same time. So it goes out on all of those platforms all at once. And when you set up the live stream, when you schedule it, then StreamYard 
puts out a post on all of those platforms so that people know that this is coming. And live streaming on LinkedIn is amazing because uh, when you post that you're going to be doing a live stream and, and that pops up on your feed and people see it on their feed, they can say, I want to attend and they click a button and it will ask them, do you want to add this to your calendar? And if they add it to their calendar, then they get an email saying, oh, don't forget this is coming up. And it's is wonderful that LinkedIn gives you these creator tools now that uh, that really enhance that live stream that you're offering. Right. And when you're running that live stream, I can imagine it's hard not to focus on, oh, is, you know, is anybody there? Is anybody, <laughs> or am I speaking to myself for the next 30 minutes or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it happens to be? I'm guessing that you're going to say, don't get hung up about how many people are turning up. Focus on the value and what you're delivering. Very good. Very absolutely. Because, of course, even if nobody shows up live, they're going to show up later. They're going to watch it later because it's going to stay on YouTube. It's going to stay on all your social media properties where you've already live casted it. Plus, you're going to keep sharing that and announcing it and and it's going to live there forever. So people can come and watch it later and they do. And the more you advertise it and share it after the fact, the more they're going to come and watch it and then share it as well uh, with their social media contacts. So definitely do not worry if people are showing up, especially in the beginning, because people don't show up much. But when they do, it's exciting. And when they make comments, you know, in the stream, you can take their comment and display it on the screen, and then they get excited. Oh, they noticed what I said. They shared what I said. They talked about me. They said my name on their show, and they get very excited. And that bond begins to form. And then they come back as a loyal viewer, and that just builds from there. Right. Now, what about length of of live stream? I noticed that you and Toby do a news show weekly, mm-hmm. and that, and that's one of the ones I was watching was a couple of hours long. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine that puts people off straight away thinking, oh, my, I, I can't run a two-hour live stream. <laughs> what, do, what do you typically recommend people kind of kick off with and start with? Oh, well, when you start, definitely go for 20 minutes, I would say minimum. Because, and think about, I'm going to turn this into a podcast too. So keep it very informational and very audio friendly so that if people are only listening, they're not going to miss out on whatever was on the screen. And uh, But do shoot for 20 minutes, but a lot of people doing it alone is, of course, much more difficult to get that 20 minutes. So you may want to script a few things out, uh, or what we do is a show flow. We have, okay, this part of the show is talking about this, this part of the show, we're talking about these things, the training is this, the CTA is this, and then we end with the closing. And, you know, it's a show flow. So we have a good idea each week of what we're going to talk about before we go live. That's the that's the trick to going live is to being prepared in advance of what you're going to say, how the show flows, and, uh, you know, and keeping it you know, kind of the same each week in its format so that people know what to expect and when to expect it. You know, they know, okay, it's going to start off with chit chat and then they're going to talk about breaking news and then they're going to do the training and then they're going to do their CTA and then they're going to have um, maybe a tweak of the week and then they're going to do an inspirational moment to close it out. And they know that and they look forward to it and then they can have the feeling for, okay, here's where we're at in the show. And then they they really improve appreciate that, knowing how things are moving along. 
You mentioned CTA, and I'll just, for anybody not familiar with the term call to action, what are the call to actions that you recommend people consider kind of including in their live stream? Absolutely. Uh, Definitely keep it integrated into what you're talking about in that show. So if you were talking about content marketing, if you're talking about content marketing in that show, then you want your, your freebie, your free download to be about content marketing, or maybe you're sending them to your book, which is about content marketing. It should tie in very nicely into whatever your topic is. I do recommend having at least four or five free downloads, simple ones, checklists or, uh, you know, a blog post that you put out that was very popular, something that people would find interesting, but quickly be able to consume as well. So that it, it's not going to be like a course that's going to take them an hour to get through something that they can scan and they can put into practice right away. And if you can tie it into whatever it is that you talk about, then it just makes sense to lead you right into that. Right. Earlier, you mentioned taking a transcript of the live stream and turning it into a blog post. How much do you recommend editing that blog post? Are you trying to put context to it? Because I, I do notice some people, they just get the transcript and they just upload it as is, mm-hmm. which yeah. could be quite a, yeah. quite a bit boring. If it's... Yeah, you're less likely to get readers that way. Over time, I've honed it down more and more. I like to edit it. Uh, I spend a good three or four hours on just editing a good blog post. Now, I don't do it if the show is kind of meh. I don't even mess with it. But if it was a really good show, I'm going to spend the time on it. I'm going to pull out the really important things and I'm going to pull out quotes, you know, put them in quote boxes and images. But always, my blog post always has the link to the video and to the podcast as well. So, you know, it's all contained. Plus you have your links at the end so that they can go find more information. They can connect with you. They go find your books, whatever it is. So yeah, you really want to do a good job on that blog post for that reason. And you mentioned weekly. Is that the the cadence that you feel it works well in this situation? I do. Uh, some people, they think, well, you know, the more content I put out, the quicker people will find me. And that is true, but you'll burn out and your audience will burn out. If you put out more content, then then your audience can consume and digest over that time period between podcasts, then they're going to burn out. They're not going to have time to keep up with you and all the other things they've got going on in their lives. Once a week, we found is the best uh, cadence for that. Uh, Yeah. And what about if you're going to take a couple of weeks off? What do you do with with regards to content? Because you're not going to be able to live stream or... Well, you have some choices there. You can either re-release something. uh, If you have a backlog of content that you want to bring something forward that, you know, you can put like a little... Some people do this. uh, Podcasters do this. They, oh, uh, three years ago, I put out this really great content and and I want to bring it forward because it's so important again. and, And they put a little front piece on it and then they'll re-release it. A lot of times what we do is we'll just say, uh, we're not going to be here next week because we're going on vacation. And people are like, okay, cool. Because they understand, you know, they're humans too. They go on vacation. They they have sick days, whatever. They, we try to be there as much as we possibly can, but there are going to be weeks when we're not and, and they're okay with that. And you mentioned about when things go wrong and it's okay, well, nobody died. So that's, that's but <laughs> how do you handle that? situation where something does go wrong and and you've still got 
<laughs> you know, in your mind, oh, I've still got another 15 minutes to go. We have had everything go wrong, right? So our audio goes out, our audio goes bad and wonky and echoey, or we go live on the wrong channel sometimes <laughs> because we might have more than one channel. Stuff happens. You got to laugh it off and you got to let your audience help you. Like if they're in the audience and they're like, can't hear you, can't hear you, or audio is wrong, you acknowledge your audience and you say, thank you for telling me, I'm going to fix that. And then you try to fix it. And if you can't fix it quickly, then you tell your audience, I'm going to have to shut down the stream and I will start it back up again when I get it fixed. And, you know, you just be real appreciative that they're helping you through that moment and you act as a team with your audience, you know, let them help you, show them that you're human, that you appreciate all of their help to get this show right so that they become uh, owners of your show, right? So they right. have that ownership and loyalty there. What else do you recommend? I saw a podcast that you did just recently and you recommend, there was a great checklist of the things you should do as a guest. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was really helpful. I, would, <laughs> I, I recommend people check that. I'll, I'll put it, I'll make sure I put it in the show notes because it was such a good, okay, this is what you should do and this is how you should check in and, and you talked about the earlier about the turning up 10 minutes early and doing a tech mm -hmm. check and just relaxing that person what else do you recommend if you're going to be a guest on on a live stream definitely you want to check out the person's show in advance as you have done and get a feel for who their audience is and how you can speak to that audience what can you what can you offer that audience? And then kind of gear whatever is your expertise to speak to that audience so that you can offer the most value possible. And connect with your host in a way that you become collaborators, if not friends, you know, like connect in other places like LinkedIn or on other social media platforms. And then if you feel like they're a good fit for your show, invite them onto your show and do that collaboration with them. Because meeting another host is building that network, right? So build your network and, and find ways to, to work together. And, and even if it's just referring another guest to that host and say, you know what, this was a great show. And I can, I think uh, this other person I know would be awesome for it. And and that's so helpful for the host. So just being a, a helpful, positive person is, is so much uh, going to further your reputation. Right. And people are going to want you on their show because they heard you on somebody else's show and you were helpful and you were positive. So they're going to want you too. And what about live stream on location? Yeah. We used to have a business. <laughs> I say used to because, you know, internet in other places can be challenging. Uh, it can be in and out and, and it can change minute to minute. If we set up a live stream in a hotel, we would try to get into their ethernet. And still, when the conference was happening, you know, uh, all people are in there with their electronic devices and using that internet service, then your quality and your speed will drop. So it can be difficult. Uh, it's better now than it was then because that was in 2014, 2015 that we were doing that. Of course, it's much better now and upgraded since uh, we've all gone through COVID. But uh, you can definitely do it with your phone if you have good service. Or 
you know, you can tap into internet and you've got some equipment that is going to be able to cast for you. Uh, like we have a Osmo Pocket or you have some kind of a DSLR camera that hooks into and sends out your signal. I was recently staying with my mom at her house and <laughs> because she uh, she had a stroke and she was transitioning from rehab back to home and I was there to help with that. Well, they didn't have high quality internet. They didn't have my studio set up. So I had to come in and I had to get them high high speed internet. I had to bring in equipment and set up a studio in their home so that I could do my shows from their house. And now I've left that behind for them so that my mom can do her doctor's visits uh, on video. So these are things that everybody, they don't think they need it until they need it. And then they're like, how do I do this? And, and right. the older generation is trying to get there, but until somebody shows them, here's how you do it, here's how simple it is, they just don't even realize that that's something that they can do. Hadn't occurred to me to, I guess, it, you know, what it is, it's you're, you're kind of sitting there thinking, oh, well, I want, you know, X number of episodes in the can. and But you could still do that. I, yep. I could still yep. record those and have those ready to go if I needed it. But. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get people where they don't turn up? Yep. (laughs) Always have a backup presentation of some kind that you can show. If we have a guest planned, I will usually have a backup presentation with slides and and, and we know what what it's about and then we can change it in five minutes. We're there. Okay, let's do this instead. Yeah, we have had that happen several times. That's the problem with doing it live. But... But then it's, yeah, it's real life, isn't it? That's what happens. That's right. There's a few questions I like to ask my guests. Do you have a favorite personal brand and why? (laughs) I have to be honest with you. I wrote, when we set this interview up, I wrote a LinkedIn newsletter about personal branding. And I pulled out one that was a, a great example. It's actually the personal brand favorite of my daughter. uh, And that's Weird Al Yankovic. I don't know if you know who that is. Yes. Yeah. Being a Canadian, but he has been around. He actually sang a song about Canada. So maybe you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He has toured through Canada. Uh, But he has been around since the early 80s as Weird Al Yankovic. His band doesn't have a separate name. They're just all known as Weird Al Yankovic. And he epitomizes the word weird. When he does interviews, he acts very strangely and weirdly. And he, uh, you know, he's the kind of a person when he's on camera or doing an interview that that he epitomizes the word weird. But if you met him in, in you know, in person, which I have several times, um, he's just intelligent, he's humble, he's sweet, he's kind. And but that's not memorable, right? So what's memorable is the weird thing and the parody music. His his known for parody music. If you if if anybody in the media industry thinks, uh, we need what's parody music, what's that weird Al Yankovic? They just go together. Uh he's branded himself in that way, playing an accordion and having long curly hair and singing funny lyrics and uh it's amazing that everybody knows him as parody music because he's had that niche and that brand and he owns it, right? That's, that's, 
I think the best example to me of somebody who owns a brand. <laughs> That's great. I don't think I've ever had anybody say Weird Al Yankovic is their personal <laughs> friend. But I get it. It's, you're right. And it's the emotional connection that you make because he's weird and he's kind of funny and quirky, and but it differentiates him. Absolutely. There's nobody else that can say they're weird. And the other, same people, level. other people do parody music, but you don't know them. You don't think of them. You think of him because he just owns that niche. Do you have a favorite business book or podcast? Uh, recently, I've been really focusing on Content Inc. by Joe Polizzi. It's a book and a podcast. He does a weekly five-minute podcast on Mondays. And he also does another podcast called This Old Marketing with a partner, Rob Rosen. And Joe Polizzi and Rob Rosen, they do This Old Marketing. Really wonderful uh, content about what's coming, what's new, social media, digital marketing, all things, you know, content marketing, digital marketing. So really great updates. And then they give their their take on it. You know, like, how do you feel about it? And they've been in content marketing since um, early 2000s. So, so they're good at, you know, give their expert opinions on it. So I really enjoy listening to them. And I've read their book and it's just very helpful. Mm. That sounds like uh, there's a guy up here in Canada called Terry O'Reilly who has a podcast called Under the Influence. And it's 30, I mean, it literally is 29 and a half minutes. I mean, he has it right down mm. to, to a fine art, but he really delves into the whole kind of marketing and the thinking behind the brand or the advertising. He's from the advertising industry, but mm -hmm. it sounds sounds similar that they've got that kind of finger on the pulse kind of. Yeah, and Joe also puts out a twice weekly newsletter called The Tilt, and he'll just take little snippets of all the news coming out in content marketing and puts it in there along with a piece of a blog article that he's written, and then you can go read the rest of the blog if you want. Really informative. I just, I feel like if if you're in this industry and you really want to understand content marketing, you should be, you know, subscribing to a newsletter like that. Right. So, yeah. Good tip. I like it. And do you have a new tool or resource that you're enjoying using at the moment? Well, it's not new, but it is always being updated and always leading edge. And that's StreamYard. If you want to do live streaming uh, and you want it to be easy and intuitive and something that's not going to have a huge learning curve for you, StreamYard is the way to go. They also have a Facebook group where they answer questions and there's peer-to-peer -peer learning in there. So uh, definitely check it out if, if you're at all interested in live streaming. Wonderful. And do you have a favorite quote? My favorite quote is uh, a short poem by Aaron Hansen. There is freedom waiting for you on the breezes of the sky. And you ask, what if I fall? Oh, but my darling, what if you fly? Mm, it just I, I gives me chills. <laughs> I can see the connection to your encouraging people to, you know, if you want to build an audience, you've got to be doing it because that's, that's the only right. way you're going to build an audience. So. That's right. And you got to get over that fear. It's like, mm. but what if this happens? What if that happens? And and you have to say, but what if it's the best thing that ever happened to you? What if it's the most fun you ever had? What if it's the most fulfilling thing you ever do with your life and you missed out on it because of what if? Right. Yeah. I, you're absolutely right. And I'm just thinking about this podcast because I was, you know, 
people said to me, oh, you should do a podcast. This was years ago. Mm-hmm. And never did, never did, never did. And now I'm kicking myself that I didn't do it sooner because I, it's, you know, I love doing it. I look forward to yeah. doing it. And I tell this to my daughter because she's talking about starting a podcast, but you've got to start and it's going to change. So don't worry about it being perfect on day one because it's going to change anyway because you have to adjust to your audience and what they want and what they respond to. So just get started and expect to change as you go. Great, great advice. Yeah. And where can people find out more about you, Shelley, more about your company and your services? Our live cast is called Messages and Methods, uh, Livecast Life 2.0. You can find us on livecast.life. You can find our books on Amazon. We have a new one called Livecast Life, the content creator lifestyle. And you can just go to book.livecast.life. And that will take you right to our Amazon page for our book. And that's a great way to get started. If you are interested in just dipping your toe in for free, we do have a workbook that covers a lot of the things that you will learn in Livecast Life, but you can start right away. And it's at guide.livecast.life. And you can get that free guide. And it's kind of a workbook. You get to work through all of the, uh, the ways that you'll get started with your own show. So. Wonderful. We'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom today and your expertise. I'm sure people will be fascinated by this and and also hopefully give it a go. And as you say, give it a try. Absolutely. What do you have to lose? That's Um, right. And uh, have yourself a brandtastic day. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. And it was wonderful to meet you.